When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Texas History Lessons. I'm Michael. And, yeah, you hear that noise? This is not a normal episode. This is not going to be me going through some pretty detailed stuff. This is me rambling because, yeah, I'm, I'm going around at seven miles an hour in a field every day, all day long. Usually it's four miles an hour. I'm lucky this is a uh, really smooth field. The rougher stuff ones, you got to go slow. But I haven't been able to release an episode because I've been doing this every day. When I'm not doing that, I've been spending time with my dad, been in and out of the hospital, and as in another care facility for some really bad health issues. And then my own family, wife and kids, and uh, everybody else that we, uh, you know, got to do stuff for. And uh, the podcast comes last, but I, not that I'm not thinking about it. Uh, I am. Especially when you do something like this, you've uh, got a lot of time to think about things. One of the things I realized is that instead of having named a podcast Texas History Lessons, I probably should have called it Texas History Questions. Because truth be told, the lessons part of it wasn't that I was going to be teaching lessons, it was more like lessons at school, you know. Uh, teachers have lesson plans. and uh, But no, I've realized it really should have been Texas history questions because I keep finding more things that I have questions about, especially the next episode or episodes, I don't know how it's going to break down very close to being done, but you know, there's I keep finding some new stuff and trying to figure out how to work it in. Finding I keep having new questions, and it's it's kind of launching off of the idea of controversies and differences of opinion and the different narratives that we have, and why can't we just get along? If you haven't noticed, we're in an ongoing us against them fight uh, about our culture, our our nation, um, and uh, if the culture wars are part of us in the history uh, subject, and there's a history war going on, and I don't want to give too much away about what I've been looking at, but part of it is there is a lawsuit involving the Texas State Historical Association, which I, I'm proud to be a member of, I think. They've been uh, a great help and one of the reasons Texas has so much recorded history is because of the work of the Texas State Historical Association, promoting it, preserving it. And it's a great organization. It's got a long history. I mean, it's from the 1890s. Some of the founding people on the first board, when they, they people actually made it the history, we're making the history of Texas, and they had lived through it, and uh, 
it's just uh, it's a good group, but it's having a bit of a crisis now involving the board of directors and the makeup of the board of directors. And I don't want to get too much into it right now. And but if you look at the media and you go read the articles, there's if you search, you can find different news stories. The uh, I think the Houston Chronicle had a great editorial about it, and I fall pretty much on the same side as the editors did. Uh, there, just go read that, and you don't have to listen to the next episode. But uh, just kidding. Uh, I've got uh, some other thoughts that I wanted to add to it, but I digress. But uh, I have a big problem with this idea of us against them, and there are some some some, some people are saying that. Yeah, the, the state of Texas history will be strong and stay strong. And the association will endure. And other people are saying, no, this is a, this is a big deal and it could disintegrate. And uh, I don't like that. I, I'm, a, I'm a promoter of things I enjoy, things I like. And while history has some negative aspects to it, lots of negative aspects to it, lots of bad things have happened. But there's lots of good things that have happened, and you, you take the good with the bad. I say that a lot. You, you, you can't take history seriously unless you are serious about accepting what happened as what happened. And we're in this thing now where, oh, everybody was terrible, or no, everybody wasn't terrible. And, you know, talking to people, or actually messaging and writing emails back and forth and texts and stuff like that. People that are supposedly on opposite sides of this this disagreement over what's going on. And while the some are making it out to be that it's an ideological battle over who controls the board, other people assure me that it's not an ideological thing. It's literally about maintaining a balance which is required by the bylaws of the Texas State Historical Association. And, uh, yeah, so I'm not involved in this at all. I'm a member, but, I, you know, you can hear me. This is what I do. And when I'm not doing this, working like this, I'm, I'm with my family. I, I, I haven't had opportunity every night, and I want to, to attend any of the things that Texas State Historical Association sponsors and does. I'd like to go to a meeting someday, but cards haven't been dealt that way for me quite yet. But uh, I think the opinion some people are going, which side do you support? And I support both sides because I want both sides to find a way to get along because the history. And this is the point I was trying to get to before I distracted myself. Um, Everybody I've talked to pretty much agree about what history is, about how to do it. What's the actual thing that's at issue here is, to me, it's not history. It's the the narrative that's spun that we tell ourselves. History, a lot of what history is, it's the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves or about our past. And by going through records of the past and evidence, the historian crafts a tale. And some people really like focusing on the 
tell about how Texas was a land of opportunity. These people were great people. And other people focus on other things that are, you know, not necessarily showing the best light, but they all agree that if it happens, you got to admit it happened and it should be talked about. But there are other people that are using things like, oh, hey, did you know that Texans had slaves in the colonial period? And because of that, they then find ways to attack people that are just interested in history. And I'll give an example here. Somebody, I have a Facebook group page that I kind of regret even doing because I don't, I'm not good at social media. And uh, it's, it's nice to share things on. I try to share history, history related things on it as often as I can. And other people are have an open invitation to share that too. And a guy from that has started has a pretty large, sizable Alamo history group. It it's mostly about the history of the Alamo, and but it's also about the culture around the Alamo, the movies that have been done. That, you know, I I found them to be helpful in like books because a lot of the people that are involved with this, they've been focusing on studying the really exquisite details of the Alamo for their entire lives. They care about the history. And then somebody that was on my group page, anyhow, the guy that has that, he posted an invitation on Texas History Lessons for people to, hey, come join this if you want to talk about the history of the Alamo. And somebody that was on my page went to the group and basically just this is not verbatim. It was like basically shame on you. They were slave traders and promoters of slavery. And then to finish it all off, he said Santa Ana was better than a better person than any every one of them. And uh, that that's just a first of all, no, that's just a loaded mean thing to do because yeah, some people do celebrate. And that's where the mystique and the myth of Texas and the, that story we have been telling ourselves since 1836 about how the heroic story, and it is, there is heroism, there it was bravery. But no, not everybody that fought at the Alamo was, uh, some, I think uh, there's a record of some people that were abolitionists that fought for Texas uh, independence. There were all kinds of people in Texas at that time. Not everybody fits that that big broad brush thing and that's one of the things historians are used to going in and you know finding the detail it's like the difference between me doing a portrait of of a tree and a really talented artist going in and you know you can see the leaves individually and the play of light and if you know I did it it would just look like a two-dimensional thing and some great painters are capable of bringing it to life you know you've seen some of those pieces of art that looks almost like a photograph well the job of a historian is to try to bring the past to life like that but if you just do big broad brush black and white strokes you're going to get a caricature of what happened in the past but not really provide any meaningful understanding of what happened 
and there are people, there are people, and this is what this policy is concerned for people that are considered more than traditionalists, that they all they really do is because of our current political climate, cultural issues, that really just want to destroy Texas because the people in power, for better or worse, for a long time have been members of the Republican Party. And like I said, I'm not commenting on whether that's good or bad. It's just the way it is. And there are people that are using our history as a means of attacking anybody. So if you are interested in the Alamo, therefore you are a supporter of slavery. Or you're just whitewashing history and you don't want people to understand that there was slavery. First of all, I'm kind of uh, taken aback that it's even a, a question Yes, slavery was in Texas. And as soon as Texas gained its independence, and after, especially after it became a part of the United States, people that owned people, owned other people, that enslaved people, flooded into Texas because they had the security of United States protection against any possibility that slavery might be outlawed or anything like that. There was hesitancy regarding whether or not to move to Texas because there was always a fear in it. That's a documented. We acknowledge that. But and then there's the people that just like I only want to hear really only the great things about all the people. You know? It's, uh, It's about being honest with yourself in a way. I mean to be honest, there are people in my family that I love, and there are people that I are, have been in my family that are no longer with us that I love dearly. But I remember hearing stories after some people passed. Um, one story in particular, guy that I love a lot died, and a couple of years later, and I have a vague memory of this happening. I when I was a little tiny kid, I went to a rural Southern Baptist church out in the country. And I was really little when this happened. And it was an interracial couple came a couple of times to the church. And I never heard my parents say anything negative about it. They, uh, to my memory, they were polite and welcoming to people. But another member of my family said something needs to be done if these people are welcomed here I'm not going to that church anymore and they stopped they did stop going that I don't think the, uh, the the couple stayed very long either because of that kind of attitude that kind of treatment um, but what do I do with that person I still love them my memory of them but it also does hurt the way I think about them I also have memories of, I remember as a kid hearing about Juneteenth becoming a holiday. And, you know, to be honest, growing up in rural Texas back in the 70s and 80s, there, let's just say that a lot of people weren't real happy with the idea that there was a celebration of Juneteenth. And, I grew up hearing a lot of negative things about that. Does it affect my opinion of those, my view of those people? A lot. 
yeah, see, it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing. Just, should I just write off the people in my family that I've heard do that or friends? And in fact, some people, yeah, I haven't maintained a friendship with. I've also got things I'm proud of. I have a cousin that one time we were at a get together and this guy was talking bragging about how he came from an East Texas town and he was bragging about how to that day, and this was in the 90s, to that day, if you were walking down the sidewalk and you meet somebody who's African-American, they'll step off the sidewalk. And this was the this was being said as a thing that he was happy about. Some people that he knew showed up and they were, I wasn't even in the room at the time. My cousin was in another part of the place and talking to these people and they were bragging about how they were members of the KKK. And, uh, you know, I came in after the fact what happened, but my, my cousin basically challenged to, to, to he was going to take them out and whoop their butts for being a racist, hateful. He called them cowards, you know, for hiding behind masks and hating on people just because of racism and things like that. So that, that's, there's positives and then there's also negatives, you know. The same person loved... Uh, to, uh, you know, Dukes of Hazzard and, you know, General Lee and Yeehaw and all that kind of good stuff growing up. Our culture's changed a lot and we are learning to take a look at things. You know, I, I was thinking about the music I grew up listening to, The South's Gonna Do It Again, all that stuff. I mean, heavy listening to Charlie Daniels and, yeah, David Allen Coe growing up. But that kind of stuff does make an impact and it, but and that those attitudes come from somewhere and it didn't it comes from our history of things being passed down and I'm starting to ramble here because it's been a long day and I'm not going to edit this so if it doesn't make sense um, sorry but my point is is there are some difficult questions that we need to try to work through and just because we might disagree doesn't mean that people that are on one side are trying to destroy history. Um, history endures, and it's up to people that care about factual, being honest and accurate, and getting to the, close to the truth as you can. The fact is, we never can really get to a complete experience or understanding, but there's a lot of people that want to and try to. So, just because somebody's reading the book of the Alamo doesn't mean that they are a white supremacist. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's try to get along. That's my, that's kind of the gist of what uh, I want to try to figure out how we do. And will this current thing end well or end bad? I don't know. But I want to encourage people to Put aside their biases as much as possible. That's another thing I, I've been thinking a lot about. I've written some about that I'm going to be including. Is it's impossible to not have some bias, and that's kind of where the dilemma comes. Is yeah, if I love Texas, and I've done, I've said very positive things about the development of our state, and usually it's in regard to situations where the perseverance and the strength of people against adversity, whether they were settlers, Anglo settlers coming here, and then minority groups that faced harsh, cruel injustice in Texas, 
persevering and creating good lives in the face of prejudice and hatred. And we are closer to being where we need to be, but we're still not all the way there. And a lot of cultural baggage and symbolism and thinking and the media, the media needs to own a big part of it. I think it's actually very divisive. Um, helps contribute to this constant us against them mentality whether you're supposedly on the so-called right or so-called left um, in the end where it's really a fighting us against us and you know in a family when you have a disagreement you need to come to some kind of resolution and you know sounds kind of silly but we are all in this together and our past is our past some people have a different perspective of it because of their background and where they came from. And it's just as much socioeconomic in class sometimes than it is anything that's uh, anything else regarding that. Uh, but, you know, here we go. I'm just rambling and I wanted to try to record a little bit of something. I am going to have some actually more coherent episodes out soon. And, uh, you know, I've got some people I'd like to thank. Um, a lot of people, I've, I've sent so many emails out in the past couple of months, and it's something I never thought I could do. I'm like, oh, I can't talk to these people. They're too busy. I'm nobody. But I'm actually surprised by how gracious some people have been. And they have been since I started the podcast, you know. Um, specifically, uh, you know, most of the artists that I play on on here, I would never have asked hey, can I share your music? And, you know, it surprised me how many people in the Texas State Historical Association did respond to me and did share some things, not necessarily things that they want their name associated with because it's, a, it's such a kind of a it's, a, it's a rough period, a rough patch. And I'm not, you know, that's one of the things I'm not doing. I'm not going out to make anybody look bad. I'm presenting evidence like I would for any other episode. I'm, I try to present that evidence that I can discover. Um, so yeah, people are cool. People make me have faith in people even um, when you hear things about them that um, some people say that they're, they, they're not good people. And at heart, I believe a lot of the people that are on either side of this divide care about history, care about Texas, and uh, we just need to find a way to have a conversation and get along. But, uh, I also want to bring uh, mention to uh, a new album came out by a guy. He's not, unfortunately, not a Texas History Lesson Spotlight artist. He's not one. Maybe I should ask him if he would mind if I shared his music because I love love his music. And, you know, I found out about him. His name is Dane Pack. And I learned about him on Aaron Lee Bentley's awesome Off the Mic, Off the Record podcast. It's where he sits down with musicians and talks about music and history and philosophy and sometimes aliens and, you know, all, all kinds of things. The conversation just flows. And, you know, one thing, Aaron, first of all, has been very nice to me in communications I've had with him. He's, he's a great, great guy. Amazing at 
talking with people. You know, for me, it's a very uncomfortable idea to sit down and talk to people. That's one another reason I haven't had that many interviews. But, um, yeah, he, he's really good at what he does. And it's because of him that I learned about Dane Pack. And a couple of years ago, he had released an album called, I don't have anything written down in front of me, but it's a, the, a Tale of the Modern West Part 1. And it's some great songs on it. Just really, really great, deep songs on it and then recently he released part two and I don't know if it's better or just as I know it's just as good but I started listening to it today and I was like wow this is amazing and then I remembered hey there's part one so I just took the two made a little playlist with them in order and listened to it through and it's just a, it's an amazing artistic vision that he's shared with us and I encourage you to go look up Dane Hack Tale of the Modern West Part 1 and 2 and listen to them and some of the songs on there are just I, I describe it as just perfect songs for me you might hate it and that's fine see how easy that is if somebody disagrees with you it's fine I, I, I know people that if they don't like something they will beat you up against the head and berate you until you admit that what you like is not good. And they come with facts. And they, anyhow, a lot of stuff is subjective. And, uh, yeah, I, I like Star Wars. Some people don't. We don't have to fight about that, okay? And uh, I love Dane Pack's music, and I hope you do too. So check that out. Uh, from what I understand, Zach Welch has been recording some music. And hopefully, We'll have some information about when you can listen to that. I think that Derek McLennan, who does a Texas Interlessons theme song for music, that great gift he gave me of just giving me this music he created and recorded, I believe he's actually been working on some stuff too. He is out on the road touring like crazy, doing shows everywhere that he can do shows. You know, and if he happens to come near where you are, please go. Tell him I said say hi. I did get to see him a while back when he came to Richardson, and he he's just every bit sounds every bit as good and better in person. And he's just a, he's a, just a nice, gracious guy. And Zach is too. Um, so that's something to look forward to. And I and I owe both of them a big thanks. Well, while thanking people, I want to thank Josh from Wild West Extravaganza um, for just being himself and. Uh, you know, in the future, we are going to sit down. Well, we're going to sit down many miles apart and talk over the phone and record these some episodes of just some topics of interest that we uh, want to bounce ideas off of one another. Uh, I've been fortunate to have some long conversations with them in the past, and it's nice to have somebody to talk to that is just as obsessed with the t- subject matter as you are. And he's a very cool guy, very knowledgeable guy, smart guy, very helpful. He's really helped me a lot as far as podcasting go because, you know, I really don't know what I'm doing. I just write some stuff up, talk in, but he's helped me figure out how to improve quality and different things like that. He, he's he's a, a very talented, talented guy. Now, I also want to thank John Willingham. He's another person that, you know, he's been very supportive. He's a extremely knowledgeable 
has some really great thought. He thinks about similar things, and he's given me some uh, input about some things. He has a really, really good article out in the most recent Southwestern Historical Quarterly about the controversial book, Forget the Alamo. And I will be taking a dive into that on an episode and uh, sharing thoughts about that kind of stuff because that is a big part. That book is a big part of what's going on as far as I believe in the controversies that we face in the history. And uh, yeah, so thanks to him. Thanks to uh, thanks to lots of people. I mean, I've literally contacted probably 20, 30 people and no, not everybody has responded, but I was actually amazed by some that did. As usual, I want to thank uh, Judge Ken Wise from Wise About Texas. He's been kind enough to participate and help me out and give me some advice and you know say some things to me. And you know, he's but I when I have a question, he's there to answer it, and I appreciate that. Um, he's, a, he's a pretty good guy, and uh, you know, Derek Jeter is another person that's very uh, been very positive. He does a good job. If you haven't uh, read his uh, Substack, Y'allology, I think is how you say it. He is a great writer. And uh, Oh yeah, one more thing. I want to thank Michael Sullinger for a really nice email I received from him. He shared some thoughts. And, and it was great hearing from people about the podcast. And I also want to thank um, Dan Stevens, been a listener, I think, from the very beginning. He somehow has stuck with me and uh, has been a, a very supportive of, of me and the podcast. Uh, I want to thank Melvin Edwards and uh, uh, Michelle Haas. Mark Terry. I think I said that right. He told me I did once and I think I did it right again. Mark Terry from Coconut Bay Press and Texas uh, Historic Trust. Ben Johnson. And thanks to Jay Loving. Great guy. Always been a supportive friend. So, they've been helpful. I also want to thank Dr. Uh, Walter Bunger from the University of Texas. He actually responded to some questions I had and has been uh, very kind to take the time to do that, to shed some light from his perspective on what's going on. Yeah, I can probably go on and on. I probably should, but. I want to thank the University of Texas Press and Texas A&M University Press for sending me some books that I'm going to be reviewing. Yeah, I'm actually going to get to some book reviews that I've been planning on doing for quite a while. Some really beautiful books. One of them is really great on J. Frank Doby, um, but I'll be talking about that later. And uh, yeah, thanks to even more people. They've all been very uh, helpful and open and sharing their thoughts and opinions about different things. And uh, there's more people, but like I said, I can't remember everything right now. So, uh, talking about music, Seth Jones, who I have shared a lot of his music in the past, he has a new uh, album coming out pretty soon. It's but it's not going to be released under the name Seth Jones on wherever you listen. It's going to be under his band name, America Carnage. Yeah, America Carnage. And you can go ahead and check out a couple of singles he's released already. And they are really, really good. Lots of energy. 
got a punk vibe to it. It's he's a he's a great passionate writer, great songwriter. It, it's like he can't help himself but write, and he, he does some good stuff there. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, J.R. Tully. Uh, just want to mention him. Another person who's been kind enough to let me share his music. Go check out his music, and I hope to hear that he's going to be releasing something in the future. He uh, he actually sent me something that I can't play. I don't think you want me to play it because it's a, kind of a, like a rough demo version of a song. We were messaging back about uh, Cormac McCarthy, who, yeah, let's just say something about Cormac McCarthy. He died recently, and it's not something that should be surprising. He He's... 90, I believe, almost 90. Um, and, uh, you know, his fiction, his literature, his art dealt with death a lot. And it's something that he makes you stare straight in the face at it and uh, deal with it. So it's a, it is a loss of losing him. He released two books not long ago. And they are a pair. It's like one guy says they're like it's a big brother and little sister kind of a book. Uh, the big book is called The Passenger, and the smaller book is Stella Maris. And if you like Corey McCarthy, it's something different. It's something that he's been working on for uh, decades. From what I understand, it's at least 30, 40 years he's been working on these books. And just before he passed... Uh, went to go dance with the judge. He, uh, these books were released, and they are are works of art. A lot of different controversial comments. Some people think they're terrible. Some people think they're his, uh, you know, culminating masterpiece. And that's really kind of depends on your experience with McCarthy and um, what you want from the the creator. If you, if you like all the pretty horses, or if you prefer Sutri, um, you might not like this as much. It's, it's, it is different. I'm not going to get into that because uh, I've already talked too much today. So thanks again to everybody, and we'll uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, I'm going to bring this to a close because I'm pretty sure you're tired of hearing that roaring engine just as much as I am. And I'm going to go put on some, uh, I'm probably going to go listen to some Ray Wiley Hubbard next. Yeah, that sounds like a thing to do. So, uh, yeah, hope to uh, be sharing something new with you soon. And uh, we'll see See you in the future. So, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Be kind. It's, it's not that hard to do. Uh, adios.